Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And now, 106.3 WORD proudly presents Hot Rods and Happy Custom car and hot rod enthusiasts together for a weekly chat. Here are your hosts, Rob Pitts and Odd Rod, live and local on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Odd Rod, what are we talking about today? Well, we got a lot to talk about today. We got to fill people in. Uh, we actually have a new time. We do have a new time, bright and early. So if you're listening right now, you're listening at 7 a.m. I'll tell you what, that's crazy. We will get you in the morning. We got you in the afternoon. I love it. So 7 a.m., 4 p.m., write down. Calendar, you know, wherever, write down. So we got to talk about that, and then we're going to be talking about uh, drag strips. Drag strips? Well, not only drag strips, but racetracks here locally. Well, I will tell you something. This area is like the racing holy land. Oh, I love it. Yeah, everything is right here. If you Whatever kind of racing you want to do, you can do it right here in the upstate. Well, I will tell you. I mean, this is the thing about this area. If it's got wheels on it, it's hot here. Absolutely. So we're going to dive a little bit further, and we're going to talk about the old Spartanburg Dragway. The Spartanburg Dragway. Now, that's a blast from the past right there. I think somebody's done told you about this, Robert, because that drag strip was closed before you was even a thought. That's true. The drag strip actually closed in 1983, and yes, I didn't come along until 1989, so you're right. Kids. So yeah, I had to, I had to dive into the history books on this one. That's what I'm screaming. We got a lot, a lot of good stuff coming up. But you're talking about racing in general here. Absolutely, and uh, we got a special guest too. Who's that? I can't tell you that. Why not? Well, it's a special guest, and he's local, and I want. I guess he'd be a secret guest then too. Yeah, I just want to build speculation. That's what I'm saying. You're building suspense over it's here. It's like a hook. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's get this show on the road. Let's talk about some racing here in the Upstate. Well, I'm not going to do that just yet because. So since we're uh, You're killing me, <laughs> well, I want to give a little backdrop to us because we might have some new listeners tuning in at seven a.m. Because surely to God, I would never wake up to listen to me at seven a.m. So I'm sure there's someone up who hasn't ever listened to us before. So I want to give them a little history on us. I'm with you. All right, so we're gonna start off. Proceed. All right. Um, well, you are Rob Pitts. Last time I checked. Yes, sir. I am Odd Rod. Last time I checked. Also, Robert. Yeah, don't want to get a little too confusing, so we'll stick with that. Um, and we uh, we birthed Hot Rods and Happy Hour. I don't really like how you worded that. <laughs> Can you just say we came up with Hot Rods and Happy Hour? Yeah, we, we had the thought. We we wrote it down on a napkin one day. We we thought about Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Yeah, that's, that's a far shot from birthing something. Well, you know, we conceived it then. How do you, how do you like that? That's a little bit. All right, I highly recommend everyone jump on the 1063WRD.com website and check out the past podcast to see what we're all about. Oh, yeah, it's really good to touch base and see some of the shows we've done because we've covered a lot of great subjects here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Another great way to learn more about us is also check out our bios on 106.3, and you can also look at Hot Rods and Happy Hour on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, follow us on there, see what we're up to, see what we do in our off time, uh, just see what we're all about, and, you know, 
our off life away from here. That's right. You know, we do car shows all up and down the southeast from March to September every year. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, real quick, I'm going to give you a quick backdrop on us. March of 2015, Hot Rods and Happy Hour was nothing more than just a thought. Uh, June 2015, we actually hosted our first show. Yeah, that show almost didn't happen. That's true. Um, sad situation. You can find out in the end of the bio about us. Um, that show almost literally did not happen, but it did, and very thankful it did happen. Yeah, I mean, leaps and bounds, you know, 20 months later, next thing you know. Oh, yeah, throughout 2015, we grew, we learned, we listened to all you guys and what you wanted to see from the shows. Um, 2016, we grew even more, and we actually were able to raise over $20,000 for various charities throughout the upstate. Well, and that's the big thing about Hot Rods and Happy Hours. We were actually able to help with our hobby. You know, we love cars. We're car guys, but it's so great to be able to raise money for so many great charities and organizations all around the upstate. Well, that was the whole premise when we started is to be able to give back. Use something we love to give back. And we've been able to do that. And then December 4th, we broke grounds, uh, became the first Southeastern uh, radio show talking all automotive. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's groundbreaking all the way around this type of radio. So as your automotive voice for the upstate, it is our goal, I think, to... Um, entertain and inform our listeners about everything automotive uh, locally and even bigger than that. Well, I mean, this is the thing. Hot Rods and Happy Hour covers a lot of bases. I mean, it's not just car talk. We're not talking about new cars. We're not talking about just old cars. We're talking about everything automotive. Yeah, like I said earlier, uh, to a friend of ours, from a 92 Acura Integra to a 57 Chevrolet, we want to cover them all. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. And I mean, the thing is, another thing for all our listeners, you know, or if you have friends that are out of state, or even overseas. We have listeners all over the country. Dude, it's awesome. We have listeners from California, from Michigan, from Texas, Oregon, that listen to the podcast all the time. And, you know, who or stream live on the website. And, you know, all over the, uh, you know, 50 states. And then outside of that, we got listeners in Canada, the UK, uh, good friend Nigel over in Australia. Um, and we want to hear from these people. We well, want- I mean, that's the thing. We want to hear what you think, what you want to listen to. Um, yeah, we we want to hear what's going on in your area. You know, what's going on in the UK? We want to cover that, too. We want to cover what's going on in Australia. Australia has a big automotive following. Well, the UK does, too. Yeah, I mean, our good friend Sam Hard's over there, and he's holding down for the automotive realm. And that's for sure. I mean, it is. It's really like happy days over in the UK right now. It's like the fans going up right now going, hey. Hey. All right. Now everybody should be up to speed with uh, what we're talking about. I tell you what, Otter, I want to mention one thing before we get on, move on to what we're talking about today. I want to give a big shout out. I want everybody to send a prayer up and some positive thoughts to Dennis Anderson. He's the driver of the Grave Digger Monster Truck. Uh, yes, Dennis, for those who don't know, was down in uh, Florida and he's hospitalized. Uh, he actually took a nasty spill when he tried to do a back uh, backflip in the uh, Grave Digger. And uh, he's got some internal bleeding, so we want to keep him in our thoughts and minds. Yes, you definitely want to keep him in your thoughts and prayers, kids. Dennis Anderson, bud. Take care, man. All right. So today, like we talked about earlier, we're going to give a history lesson on the upstate and just how cool it is and uh, with all its automotive history and, and drag racing and circle track racing and how this is a major automotive region on the map. Um, from Atlanta, Georgia to Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the main stomping grounds for anything automotive. And if you're into competitive uh, motorsports, this is the place to be. Oh, it's for sure. I mean, you got to think about it. This is the hub. I mean, Spartanburg, when NASCAR got its start, I mean, that was like the main place. It was the home of NASCAR for the longest time. Yes, sir. And not only not only do you have all these great tracks, but I mean, you have all these great legends that 
came right out of Spartanburg, out of the Greenville, you know, all over the upstate area. You know, both past and even some now we're seeing who are becoming legends presently, you know, like your Chris Beckers, your Ryan Morris's, and all these guys. I mean, these guys are building a name for themselves now. Um, and I think it's awesome. So we're going to be discussing Spartanburg Dragway in depth like we talked about. And then also our very special guest, who's also a mystery guest currently at this point because he's super special. Super special super mystery sp- guest. Super special. Well, I mean, I'm going to tell you something, just to touch a little more on some of the tracks and some of the things that a lot of people may not even know are here in the upstate. You know, why? I mean, we say it's the Mecca of Motorsports. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you, look at it. We got Greer Dragway, we got Wear Shoals, Shady Side, and that's just covering drag strips. And then we got, of course, you know, if you're into dirt track racing, you got TR Speedway. You know, if you're into go kart racing, we've got go kart tracks all over the place. Sugar Tick go kart track. You got Cross Anchor down there. It's, it's doing go karts. And how about some asphalt action? We got Greenville Pig and Speedway. We got Anderson Motor Speedway. Ooh, speaking of Greenville Pig and Speedway, we're going to be there uh, very soon. April 29th. April 29th, Carolina Motorfest. Carolina Motorfest, guys, I'll tell you what, we're, we're not going to really touch on it too hard right now, but I want to tell you something. That's one car show you do not want to miss. Absolutely. I mean, we're building this bigger and better. You know, we've done the inaugural. Carolina Motorfest last year and it was a hit. I think it's very successful. Had a lot of great response off it. And the whole goal and Aaron Commons behind this heavily and I think that's awesome. And the whole goal is just make this bigger and better every year. Oh yeah, and I mean I will tell you something. This this show right here is something that's needed to come to Greenville for a long time. And it's gonna be a great event for everybody. Yeah, I mean you got Charlotte Motor Speedway has, you know, uh Auto Fair and then you know, other than that, you got the turkey run that's down in Daytona, but there's nothing like that right here in the area. Well, I mean, you it's know. a swap meet. It's a it's a it's an auction. I mean, it's a car corral, and then it's a big car show at the historic Greenville Pig and Speedway. What better way to spend your time right here in the Upstate than celebrating the love and passion we all have for cars? But that's all the time we have for right this second. Um, up next, we're going to be talking about local tracks and local legends. Um, right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour on 106.3 WORD. From bad-looking bikes to great-looking custom cars, this is Hot Rods and Happy Hour on 106.3 WORD. Getting eight miles to the gallon and loving every minute of it. This is Hot Rods and Happy Hour with Rob and Odd Rod on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Odd Rod. What's up? You say that the upstate is the mecca of motorsports. I do say this. Tell us why. Well, it all's, it's around Spartanburg, the hub city, NASCAR's former home for 14 years from 1953 to 1966, way before Little Odd Rod was even a thought. Spartanburg hosted NASCAR, then known as the Grand National, um, at the Piedmont Interstate Fairgrounds track. Half mile, dirt speedway, this is where the action happened, man. Well, you had a lot of legends coming out of there. You had yeah. Lee Petty, Herb Thomas, Ned Jarrett, Richard Petty. I mean, these are like NASCAR Hall of Fame people. And these guys all won at the tracks here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. That's crazy. So, NASCAR died here in the upstate, too. Anyone Ooh. want to take a guess why? Why did NASCAR die? So, in 1960, uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway was built. Charlotte Motor Speedway. This is before Bruton Smith came into the picture. Yeah, so, uh, and what happened is NASCAR made that slow shift over the next six years and moved right up I-85 to Charlotte, leaving Spartanburg behind. High and dry. High and dry. Um, interesting fact, though, Talladega Motor Speedway. Do you know, that? I heard that they actually wanted to build Talladega in Spartanburg. They wanted to build Talladega in Spartanburg. You're absolutely correct, but they were opposed by Spartanburg County. And that landed the track just outside Birmingham, Alabama. I got a little funny side story talking about Charlotte and Bruton Smith. Go with it. 
it was so funny. When Bruton Smith wanted to build Z-Max Dragway, he bought Charlotte Motor Speedway. Bruton Smith didn't build Charlotte Motor Speedway. It was already there. He, he acquired that. But he wanted to build Z-Max Dragway. And Concord didn't want him. The town of Concord didn't want him to build a drag strip. He said, well, that's fine. I'll close both my track. I'll close my track, and I'll go somewhere that'll let me build a drag strip and have a round track at the same place. Needless to say, now you have Z-Max Dragway in Concord. Well, while we're sharing interesting, fun facts about Bruton Smith, I'm going to give you one. Oh, I, I, th- I got a feeling I know this one. All right, so we all know uh, if you've been up on Bruton Smith Boulevard, Rick Hendrick has a plethora of uh, car lots right across the street. Car, from- he is every car dealership known to man running down Bruton Smith Parkway. Well, if you've ever paid attention, none of them are facing Bruton Smith. That's right. He didn't want his address to have Bruton Smith's name in it. I wonder why. As a matter of fact, Rick Hendrick actually hates Bruton Smith. <laughs> That's hilarious that this man spent all this money building these buildings backwards on the busiest road around. Oh, yeah. I mean, Rick Hendrick created roads for his hate of uh, Bruton Smith. That's crazy. But let's tie it back in. To heck with Charlotte for right now. That's right. We're, com- we're coming back to Spartanburg. We're going from the Queen City back to the Sparkle City. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of motorsports in this industry that have kept it alive. There's a lot of tracks that have kept it alive, even though NASCAR moved its way out. Like we mentioned in the last segment, I mean, you got Greer Dragway. Uh, you got Gaffney uh, Cherokee Speedway. You got Anderson Motor Speedway. Uh, um, you got Ware Shoals, TR Speedway, Sugar Tit, the go-kart track. You got Union County Dragway, and they're sinking a lot of money in down there. Yeah, that's that's an NHRA sanctioned track, kids. It, right now, Union County is one of the top five eighth mile tracks in the country. Yeah, I mean they're they're pouring a lot into this track to really up the the motorsports in the area. I mean, it just became under new ownership. You got new people running the track. They're pouring money into it. It's going to be a great facility. I can't wait to see what 2017 brings for them. I got a feeling we're going to be talking a lot about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they've been working with us. So, yeah, you're definitely going to be hearing from Union County Dragway. And then you got, of course, Greenville Pickens Speedway. Like the historic we- Greenville Pickens Speedway. You got to think all the names we were talking about, they raced at Greenville Pickens, too. Yeah, I mean. And right- even to the stars of today. Or still practice at Greenville Pickens. Yeah, you had a lot of legends racing around here. I mean, like Chris Madden, for one, big name in the circle track you know, field. A lot of people know who Chris is, and, and that's where he got started and still races today, right here. I mean, Greenville Pickens Speedway. Oh, yeah, well, there's a lot of local legends, too. I mean, just because you didn't go into NASCAR or go into the top, the, the higher ranks don't necessarily mean, you know, you weren't a legend in this town. And we have several multiple track championships around here, or champions, rather, around here. Yeah, and then you got Cross Anchor Raceway, which is another go-kart track. And, you know, a lot of people there got their start in go-kart racing and raced right here in the upstate. Trevor Bain was one of them. Oh, exactly. Well, then we got to think about it. I mean, that's the stepping stone. You know, junior dragsters, or well, you got the dirt track go-karts. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Gordon was another one who uh, planned his roots in go-kart racing. I th- if I'm not mistaken, up till here recently, he's still done it. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, go-kart racing is big for adults, too. No, just, just not for kids. Um, then you got, you know, S&B RC Speedway over in Piedmont. You got, you know, for your off-road guys, you got Gulch's Off-Road Park uh, out in Lawrence. You know, we talked about that before. How about the Southern Dragway in Pickens if you're in a slot car racing? I mean, I'm going to tell you something. If it's got wheels on it, we've got something to accommodate you here in the upstate. Shady side. Drag strip. Another drag strip. Um, Atlanta Dragway. Atlanta Motor Speedway. Oh, yeah. I and, mean, you go down 85. I mean, they're all right there. Oh, yeah. And even... It doesn't have tires on it, but even if you go down to the Commerce area, there's that uh, boat racing complex right there off the left side of 85. That's cool. Um, so, I mean, yeah, anything motorsports, it's right here. Uh, you know, and then 
past the tracks, you got builders, you know, engineers, uh, people that build stuff for the racing industry. You got Griffin Radiator right here in Piedmont. You got TM Race Cars. Tommy Mooney. Tommy Mooney, a legend himself. I mean, a legend in the drag racing community. I mean, he's still probably one of the best car builders around by far. Not to mention uh, Fulton Competition, Gene Fulton. Gene Fulton in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Another absolute legend, Alan Pittman. It's another very good car builder, very good. He had par racing engines. Uh, yeah, old Scott Duggan's out there. I mean, putting together these monster, mo- the, you know, these 600 cubic inch motors. Uh, just immaculate motors that are blowing away the competition right here in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, then, you know... Your builders, uh, they had to be building for someone. So you have your local legends that we've already talked about. You got Cotton Owens, David Pearson, David Pearson, uh, Bud Moore, Kel Yarborough. I mean, who doesn't? That man was on lunch boxes. <laughs> who doesn't know the name of Kel Yarborough? I want to tell you something. Kel Yarborough was the man. Uh, you know, and you he was on the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, you even seen people like Dale Earnhardt Sr. would get down here. Ralph Earnhardt was down here. Well, I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, the Earnhardt name. I mean, Dale Jr. has been at Greenville Pick and Speedway practicing. I mean, when they're practicing for short tracks, they practice at Greenville Pick and Speedway. So, I mean, all these great legends that, you know, we've come to know, I mean, a lot of them have gotten their base, especially in NASCAR, right here in the upstate. And I think that's that's such an awesome thing to be living here and be a part of that. Well, I think the really cool thing is a lot of people – you know, instantly when they think about NASCAR, they think about Charlotte Motor Speedway or Atlanta Motor Speedway or Bristol or whatever, these big tracks. And they're great, don't get me wrong, but I'm going to tell you something. If you want to get a feel for racing, you go to Greenville Pickens Speedway. You go to Anderson Motor Speedway. You go to Travelers Rest Speedway. That right there is racing on the local level. But the thing is, I'm going to tell you something, guys. It's a tenth the price and twice the action. Oh, yeah. I remember growing up as a kid, we used to go down to Buffalo, uh, I can't remember what they called it, but Buffalo Speedway. I think that's what it was, Buffalo Speedway in Buffalo, South Carolina, which is a suburb of Union County. A little dirt track. You know, it's long gone. It's been an off-road park before uh, since then. But, man, that was that was where everybody went. That was Friday, Saturday night action there. You know, we always said, you know, you go to a fight and hoping a race breaks out. That's where it happened was at Buffalo Speedway. Well, I mean, and another thing about the small tracks is, I mean, that's where interest the seed of interest gets planted right there. That's how your new racers develop. You know, you get the bug, and next thing you know, you're out of the track. And that's another thing that's really cool that you can actually do is you can you can actually, like, you know, drag strips. for They have test and tune nights. You can actually bring your street car and drag race. Oh, I can't tell you how many times on test and tune night I've either been at Greer Dragway or up at Shadyside, uh, you know, just having a blast. But, um, you know, we're going to have more of that to come. Uh, we're going to be talking about Spartanburg Dragway coming up next and our very special call-in guest who is uh, is the chief and editor for uh, Competition Plus magazine. I will tell you something, guys. You need to stay tuned for that. You're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Here on 106.3 WORD. High Performance Radio. You're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour with Rob Pitts and Odd Rod. On 106.3 WORD. The Upstate's talk station. Traction Radio. This is Hot Rods and Happy Hour on 106.3 WORD. The Upstate's talk station. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour here on 106.3 WORD. Rob Pitts, what are we discussing now? We're talking about the Spartanburg Dragway. The Spartanburg Dragway actually was previously located about five miles from my house. It's crazy. I mean, it was 100, what's it, Cannon Drive? 100, 100 Cannon Drive. It's like... When I lay out in my backyard at night during the summer, 
I can hear a small little faint roar of engines from the past. I mean, we'll tell you something. It's kind of neat. And, and I love drag strips. I love old drag strips like this. But the thing about Spartanburg County Dragway is so many people don't even know it even existed. So you're just going to ignore the fact that I hear engines roaring from before I was born? You, that's probably not the only thing you hear. Well, it's a legendary track, so, you know. <laughs> oh, me. Yeah, so open only for 18 short years, like you said. This track would host many legends, as we talked about before. You know, uh, Butch Leal would be there, uh, Hubert Platt, Ronnie Sox, Roy Hill. Roy Hill, the hillbilly, Roy Hill. Of course, you know, he has his Roy Hill drag racing schools, things like that. He's a real big name. I'll tell you something else. Cool. They even had a match race with Don Garlitz and Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney. Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney. The, the first lady of drag racing. The very first. Isn't there a movie on that? It is. It's called Heart Like a Wheel, and you never heard of it. You said, I'll catch the Blu-ray. <laughs> Damn kids. Killing me. <laughs> Spartanburg Dragway was a a home for, you know, like 30 world champions, 30-plus world champions throughout the time. Well, yeah, think about it. There was a lot of big names at this track and a lot of local guys that got their start right here, like Quain Stott. You know, of course, you know, Quain was a pro-mod world champion, but also Quain Stott now is the big man. He's the heading up the Southeast Gassers, which this thing is great. I think I read the other day they got like 64 cars in the Southeast Gassers racing all up and down the Southeast. Well, yeah, I mean, not to break away too far from it, but they're uh, even breaking out. they got a Texas chapter now. That's crazy. I mean, that's crazy. And then the Gasser thing is going strong, the whole true nostalgia racing. You know, speaking of nostalgia, this track itself was nostalgia. It was it was legendary. Both racers and the track itself were legendary. But sadly, like we said, it closed in 1983. Uh, but, you know, the, during their time, they did a lot of publicity stuff, you know. I heard Jerry Reed uh, once performed there. Jerry Reed, son. Jerry Reed himself. Jerry Reed had a concert at the Spartanburg Dragway, and this was like in Jerry Reed's heyday. We're talking Smokey and the Bandit days. He was there performing, so that's something kind of big, especially for this drag strip. Was Fred there? I don't know if Fred made it or not. Well, that's sad. Fred, Fred was extra. <laughs> well, Rob, don't you have a uh, cool story that hits kind of close to home to you? A little bit. Uh, as a lot of you know, my dad raced. My dad drag raced for years. The I grew up in a drag racing family. The legendary Kim Pitts. The legendary Kim Pitts. Um, and through through the years, my dad you know, raced top sportsman, pro mod, et cetera, et cetera, through, through all this. And he had a 71. He was actually a Mopar guy for all our Pentastar pals out there. He was a Mopar guy when he first got into drag racing. And he had a 71 Dodge Colt. With a 440 in it. Um, That's a lot of engine in a very little car. A very little car. We're talking like an 84 inch, 84 inch wheelbase car. Um, there was a stunt man that they hired on to come out to Spartanburg County Dragway. His name is Jim Bullet Bailey. If you ever want to see some crazy stuff, guys, you need to Google Jim Bullet Bailey. Um, he actually fell to his death doing an airplane stunt not long after he did this the stunt he did at Spartanburg County Dragway. But the stunt was they were going to drag him down the track holding onto the wheelie bars of a drag car. Well, nobody was dumb enough to do it but my dad. <laughs> you know, my dad took on the challenge, you know, with the shortest, fastest car there being drugged down the track, dragging a man down the track. And he had on a suit that would throw sparks down the track. And, you know, the, the whole thing was, well, what do I need to do special? My dad, I've heard this story a million times. Between my grandpa and my dad, and the thing that was crazy about it was he said, just don't stop. Because if he stops, he's going to slide under the car. So basically, he said, just make a pass like you would. And you know, and I asked my dad, I said, could you even tell he was back there? He said, you could actually feel him pulling. Because you know, you're dragging a 200-plus-pound 200 pound man down the drag strip. 
So, I mean, it was really interesting. And, I mean, of course, the stunt went just like planned and everything went great. But, I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, something dragging a man down the drag strip. I mean, they did all these things to bring people out to the Spartanburg County Dragway. That's awesome. Well, Rob, your dad has uh, more legends to him, too, while we're talking about local legends and everything. Uh, didn't he uh, have a little um, power glide? My dad had the first power glide car that went in the sevens, the first power glide drag car. That was a few years later. That's back when he started racing Chevrolets uh, and got smart. And, and for those listening in, that's quarter mile. Yeah, that's quarter mile. It was the first power glide car in the sevens, which at the time, we're talking 1984. Four, five, right there. That was virtually unheard of. Um, he actually did that at Darlington. That's awesome. And guys, these are just part of the legends that come right out of the Spartanburg area, the Greenville area, the the whole entire upstate. I mean, and the Spartanburg Dragway was the hub of all of this. Well, Spartanburg County Dragway was the hub for so many things. I mean, your bracket racers. We're talking old school classes here. I mean, well, this isn't like top sportsman and pro mod. This is before any of that stuff existed. Um, you know, your old school bracket classes, modified classes. And you're going to hear some more from that from about a really special guest we have coming up next. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about him. I, I've been kind of secretive about Mr. Bobby. Oh, so now we're giving details, Odd Rod. Oh, we're going to give all the details. Mr. Bobby Bennett is who we're going to have calling in. And Bobby, Spartanburg, Drag, uh, Spartanburg Dragway changed Bobby Bennett's life forever uh, from a young man. And I'll let him tell this story. But, I mean, from a young man... Spartanburg Dragway molded him and made him who he is today and led him down a career path that would lead to what I always say is turning your passion into your paycheck. Spart- well, Spartanburg Dragway did that for him. I mean, that that eighth-mile asphalt changed his life. Absolutely. And, you know, for those who don't know Bobby Bennett, he's a local guy. He's a great guy. He's big in uh, motorsports. I actually met him many years ago, probably around eight or ten years ago, uh, when I was part of the Union County Motorsports Association uh, he came down and joined us, and you know, the Union County Motorsports Association. It was there along when Union County Dragway was built. So I was actually part. You know, I had nothing to do with the building of the track, of course, but I was there for all of that to come to fruition, Union County. So I've seen that track be born in Union and grow, and now seeing the rebirth of it. Uh, so it's been really exciting. Bobby Bennett had that same experience with uh, Spartanburg Dragway. Well, and, and that's something that's neat, because drag racing is a family affair, and I really can't wait to hear from Bobby. Yeah, so he, you're going to want to stay tuned for this. He's coming up next, guys. Um, so stay tuned, listen in, right here on uh, 106.3 WORD. Hot Rods and Happy Hour Radio. Stimulating talk that's firing on all eight cylinders. You're fueling up with Hot Rods and Happy Hour. With Rob and Odd Rod. On 106.3 WORD. The Upstate's talk station. Grab your radio and hold on. This is where speed and horsepower rules. Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Live and local with Rob and Odd Rod. On 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, you're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour on 106.3 WORD. Odd Rod. Yes, sir. Are you going to tell us about this special guest you've been teasing us about all morning? Well, it happens to be a good friend of mine, Bobby Bennett. Mr. Bobby Bennett from CompetitionPlus.com. Bobby, how are you doing, sir? Doing great. Doing great. Out in the middle of nowhere in Dallas, Texas here. I've been out here shooting some documentary stuff and headed back to Sparkle City tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Guys, I, I really appreciate you giving us a call by being talking to us today. I know you're busy out there in Dallas, but we're talking about the Spartanburg Dragway, and I know the Spartanburg Dragway is near and dear to your heart. 
So won't you tell us when when the Spartanburg Dragway is mentioned, what pops in your head and how how it's affected your life? Well, I can tell you this. I am a 49-year-old man, and I still have dreams at night that the drag strip's been opened again. Uh, It had that much of an impact on my life. And I actually talked to people who who were so in love with that strip, and and it was just so much of a part of their lives uh, that they've told me, yeah, I've had dreams that the place was open again. Uh, Spartanburg Dragway was, was, was our sandlot. Uh, it was our where we learned how to drag race, or in my case, learned how to report, how to how to write articles. It's where I learned how to do it. it you know, it's it, when I think of this place, it's, it's like you know Derek Jeter or any of the famous baseball players remembering the little league field where they started playing baseball, and that's that's what Spartanburg means to me. I tell you what, Bobby, tell me about the very first time you came to Spartanburg Dragway and how old you were and how you got in in particular. Oh, you don't want to know that one, do you? <laughs> you, had to, you had to ask that. Boy, that got me in so much trouble. A uh, friend of mine, uh, we were coming back from the skating rink down there in Roebuck, and his grandmother decided to stop at the gate and let us look at the cars and everything and talk to the man at the front gate, and we found out that children 11 and under got in free. That's why they didn't run us off. Well, I had just turned the next week 12 years old, but I kept asking my mom and dad if I could go to the drag strip. I lived on what is Carolina Country Club Road, uh, which is probably about three-quarters of a mile from the the drag strip. And uh, I'd always hear the cars. And I went to my mom, and I asked her, I said, Mom, uh, you think I could go to the drag strip? And she said, Lord, no. And, you know, my mom was a, a Bible-carrying saint. So she said, nope, there's too much drinking, uh, beer drinking and fighting down there, so I don't want you around that. I said, okay, thank you, Mom. <laughs> and I did what any any kid my age would do that wanted to do something. I went right to Dad. I said, Dad. <laughs> Won't we make a father and son thing out of this and go down to the drag strip? And he said, well, how much it costs to get in? And I told him $5. He said, oh, God, that's too much money. (laughs) And this was back in 1979. Now, my dad could take a penny and stretch it, you know, from Spartanburg to Los Angeles. (laughs) But he grew up in the Depression era, so that's why my dad was the way he was. He's a hardworking man. Well, the next Saturday, I waited, and I plotted, and when I started hearing cars running, I hopped on my bicycle and rode three-quarters of a mile uh, downhill to the drag strip. And I went to the front, and there's the man there, Paul Johnson, who was the gatekeeper. And he says, you want to come in? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, it's $5. I said, I, I thought 11 and under got in free. And he said, how old are you? And I said, 11. I just happened to be 11. <laughs> and I rode my bike down the uh, down the hill and sat on the grandstands. And I think I only moved once from that seat to go out in the pits and look at the cars. But there was about, you know, four or five mid-60s Corvette Stingrays, small blocks, high-winding, gear-jamming. A bunch of modified cars there testing. I said, my gosh, I am in love. I want to do this. I want to be here. 
Well, I didn't realize I'd sat down there on that bench for two hours. Goodness. And when my mother got to missing me, she asked my dad, she says, have you seen Bobby? He says, I think I have an idea where he's at. So I'm sitting there right in the middle of booby Hornaday's high winding F modified production. I hear this sound. Bobby, time to go home. I bet you that cold chill down your spine. Oh, shoot. He was dead man walking. I'm telling you. Dead man walking. You had to do some explaining. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he said, where'd you get the money to come in here? (laughs) Knowing I'd already spent my allowance for the week. I said, well, I told the man I was 11. He said, well, you know, that's a lie. (laughs) He made me go up there and tell that Mr. Johnson how old I was. Tears streaming down my face. Oh, I was a mess. Oh, I was man. a mess. And that man says, why don't you let just, you know, the boys learned his lesson. Let him stay. And my dad said, nope. <laughs> he said, I'm going to teach that boy that you don't get through life lying and cheating and stealing. He told me to get on that bike and get the riding back up the road. So it was a three-quarters of a mile uphill back home, and he just passed me in his old Ford Galaxy and didn't even wave. <laughs> oh man! So, <laughs> so, so he waited for me to get, uh, and, and I'll wrap it up. But but he waited for me to get home. And that night, when we were sitting there talking, he said, "Son, he said, were you willing to be dishonest to go there?" I said, "Dad, I didn't want to be dishonest. Just nobody would give me a chance." And so. The next week, he said, we'll, ma- we'll make a father-son day of it, and we'll go to the drag strip. Well, little did I know, while I was gone riding home, he'd broken a deal with Mr. Johnson that I would get to clean up the drag strip on Mondays with him and his crew and get to come in free every Saturday night. And then Mr. Johnson started paying me $5. And then I started running uh, sheets back and forth from the the staging lanes to the tower and that guy would pay me five dollars and then I, I got tired because every magazine I got never had the heroes that I saw at Spartanburg Dragway so I started self-publishing my own little magazine that I'd make about 40 copies and sell them for 75 cents a piece sell out every week oh well, Jason and, you're quite the entrepreneur there yeah and, and so and then I got, uh, by the time I was 13, they moved me up to announcing qualifying. And then I, I moved up to announcing the whole event, and Larry Wright left. And then by 14, I was announcer and race director. So, uh, and, and then the place eventually closed, uh, you know, in 1983 in one of the darkest times of my life. And, uh, you know... It, it was just a place that welcomed in a little kid. I was I was 13 years old, 12 years old, and when I was 13, my mother died of cancer. And it, it, they just welcomed me in as a family. I pestered everybody in the pits, but, you know, they never really ran me off. They just kind of kind of answered my questions, and I was full of questions. Well, I mean, that's the thing about the drag race community. It's a family. Yes. Yes, and 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 and, and as uh, to add to that story, uh, my dad passed away in 2003. He passed away in 2003 of cancer as well. 
And so, you know, I, I was, I'd already accepted my dad's death. Not that you ever really accept it, but I went to the funeral home to meet with the funeral director. And as God is my witness, I looked and there was Mr. Johnson as my dad's funeral director. The same guy that let you in the gates, that let me in the gate. And before I knew it, not because my dad had died, my eyes opened up, welled up with tears. I had tears streaming down my my cheeks. And I'm a grown man. You know, I'm 30, 30, high 30s. And I looked at him. I said, you'll never know the impact you had on my life. And in a sense... We all look at Spartanburg Dragway, the, the Gene Fultons, the Tommy Moonies, the, you know, Quayne Stotts. All of us that went to that drag strip went there. That was our sandlot. And that's why it had such an impact on our life. That's why every year, just from a Facebook, Facebook page, we get about 300 to 350 people come out to the Spartanburg Dragway reunion every year just to get together and talk because it impacted people just as much as it impacted me. Some were, was on the racing side like Quain Stott, but for me, I was on the media side. And, and if you look at Spartanburg Dragway, Spartanburg County alone, uh, last count I believe had 33, 33 world champions crowned from that county alone. And that's quite impressive. And and I think what's so awesome is Spartanburg Dragway, it paved the way for your life, you know, as I'm sure it did for so many people. And, it, you know, now you're with Competition Plus. Tell us a little bit about your role there and what you do. Well, the buck starts and ends with me. Uh, I just had a dream. I mean, uh, all my uh, throughout my career, if, if somebody wouldn't give me a chance, I made my own chance. And, and what I mean by that is when I was 18 years old and none of the magazines would ever give me a chance to write for them, I went and borrowed $1,500 from what was NCNB at the time, which is now Bank of America, and I borrowed $1,500 started my own magazine. And I, I think when you, when you think about it, I mean, that's like, you know, you won't give me a chance to drive your race car? Well, I'll go borrow the money and build my own race car, you know? And, and that's what I did. And, and after that, I lasted about eight eight months, had uh, over 800 subscribers, but I just went broke. I, I couldn't afford to do it. I was a one-man band, you know? Then the magazine started giving me a shot like Superstock uh, Super and Drag Illustrated, Drag Racing Magazine, and other magazines and stuff. Uh, but when I closed down my magazine, which was called Competition Plus, which was a 40-page sportsman black-and-white magazine because I couldn't afford color, I said to myself, if I ever come back with a magazine, I'll call it Competition Plus, and I'll make it, a, I'll make it successful this time. And so uh, in the late, fast forward to the late 1990s, the outlets started to dry up where we could sell our freelance work. And I was pretty proficient on the Internet, and I said, you know, i got all these stories and nowhere to sell them to. Why don't we just make a magazine on the Internet, free for everybody to read? Uh, we'll, we'll generate advertising, and, and that's how we'll fund everything. Finally, after five years, I turned my first profits. 
it got my first paycheck, but I that was 17 years ago, and I, I've never never stopped. And now we have a staff of about 11. We're in the process of launching our fourth magazine, and uh, it's just been a, an incredible dream. That's awesome, Bobby. Bobby, I want to thank you again for giving us a call here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour and sharing your Spartanburg Dragway experience and telling us all about Competition Plus. Where can we find out more about Spartanburg Dragway, like your Legends Gathering, like you had this past weekend? Well, we have a Facebook page, uh, which is titled Remembering the Old Spartanburg Dragway. I think if you use the keyword Spartanburg Dragway, it should show up. And uh, I put quite a few uh, uh, videos on YouTube. Uh, there's one that I'm particularly proud of, and, and I actually found a video of myself as a teenager down at the drag strip and uh, tells a little has old footage of the Spartanburg Dragway. But that's also on that page, so I would encourage everybody to go check it out that's for sure that's for sure bobby thank you so much again for being our guest thank you all right guys thank you for listening to hot rods and happy hour here on 106.3 word thanks for listening to hot rods and happy hour interact share and connect with rob and on rod hit the on air button at 106.3 word.com scroll to hot rods and happy hour find out more about the show listen on demand at interact 24 7 hot rods and happy hour supercharged auto talk 106.3 word we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.